This Tennis.com podcast is brought to you by the head Utech Star Series, offering more power, more control, and more comfort to your tennis game. Head, the power of you. And now here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hello, folks. Tennis.com podcast here Monday after the Davis Cup final between Serbia and France. I'm Adam McGrogan here with Pete Bodo and Steve Tegner. We're going to recap the tie, which Serbia won 3-2, to two, the final. I swear to God, it's the final event of the year. This is it. We'll is see it. about that. My, my, <laughs> I think something? there's going to be some exhibitions. We're going to, yeah, we'll, yeah. We're we're going to see pot- Federer and Adal somewhere in Mindanao doing a, a Christmas tournament. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that's it on the schedule. And then, like you said, there is that it's true that there will be some... There's always tennis everywhere somewhere, mm-hmm. so they'll be around in December. And then before you know it, the next year's Davis Cup final will be here, not to mention every other tournament in between. So um, the Davis Cup final in Belgrade, I hope you saw Tom Parada's on-site coverage on, uh, on Tennis.com, of yeah, course. Good job. Tom did a very nice job. He caught the scene uh, the scene at, after the uh, after Victor Troitsky's win over Michael Lodra to clinch the cup. Uh, Serbia won the last two matches on Sunday after falling behind 2-1. to one. Um, There was an amazing doubles win by the French. There's kind of a lot to talk about here. Uh, let's start, I guess, with uh, with Serbia, of course, and then we can go into France. And We, we don't want to forget this doubles either. We haven't talk, talked about this since last week. So just whenever you guys are... Well, it's uh, the first first time Serbia has won, this, won the Davis Cup, and it's sort of a... It's an interesting thing when you think of the Davis Cup. It was started just between England and the U.S., and for a long time it was just Australia and the U.S. that won it because they had the challenge round, so they basically owned the tournament. Now it's this; it's slowly spread out to, to other countries. We've got to give the French a little credit, though, because in the era of the Musketeers, they were, they were a good. force in, in, in Davis they were Cup. Good. So. That's true. I was going to say, it, it, it sounds like it's, you're definitely leading into the, uh, the emblematic nature of this win. Yeah, I'm just talking about how, how now it seems like it's this it's – this, Tournament where, where um, ter- you know teams like Croatia and now Serbia can win. It sort of spreads tennis further out from from places that it that it that it didn't used to be. Davis Cup gives an opportunity for these smaller some of these smaller countries to, you know to get involved in big time tennis. Tipsarevic, um after the after their win yesterday, he tweeted. I can't repeat exactly what he tweeted, but he said something along the lines of Serbia is a world champion, and that's just Serbia is an adjective. Yeah, world <laughs> champion. Madlib, which world champion. when you think about it, that's what. That's what's exciting to them. Serbia, the country of Serbia, is a world champion in tennis. In spite of Tipsarevic, actually. In spite of Tipsarevic. <laughs> no, no he was, offense. He was not a world champion. He did not come up time. too big. But how about Troisky in that, in that fifth rubber? I mean, I think it was a big mistake for Forger to play Lodra. I mean, it's easy to second guess him, and I think the guy's a very good captain. But, you know, Lodra. You know, he was heavy-legged, as was Troitsky. You know, uh, I think Lodra's a little bit older. And so, you know, and he plays, you know, he's he's got such a risky game. And you know that if I agree that if he's on serving and volleying on a relatively slow court, he's going he's to be tough and he's going to put the other guy under a lot of pressure on his home court, decisive fifth rubber. On the other hand, you know, you, you got to give the guy a chance to choke. You know, I mean, basically, he's playing. He's he's really a newbie in Davis Cup. Basically, he's never been any in anything like this, remotely like this, in terms of a challenging situation. And yet, Lodra's given him a target which he likes, and the points are going quickly. And his confidence—you could see his confidence just blossoming and growing as the match went on. I think it was a critical mistake to put Lodra in there on Did that you court. Put with Simone in, it's tough though because Simone didn't show a whole lot in the in the first. There wasn't a lot to to work with for France. No, but he had Djokovic, so you know, I mean, he plays Djokovic, so you know, you could lose. 
you could lose pretty easily Djokovic and not feel and not get your confidence dented too badly. I think. I think he could have gone out and just you know massage the ball around, make make Trisky earn every point, feel the moment, feel the pressure. I think that would have been the best for the French. I think this was a real roll of the die. I think Forget's thinking, well, you know, if Michael's on, he could clean this guy out. I think that's kind of the especially since he passed on putting Loder in on day one. He, he felt like at some point in this, I'm going to go with the hot hand, really, because Loder yeah, was doing so well, well in Paris. He played, he played well in doubles. He played as well in doubles, of course, too. And But like you said, serve and volley, if, if the, it's, it's really a game where you've got to be just a, just a volley and a serve won't do. It's got to be a great volley, a great serve. And, and like you said, these are quick points and the momentum, especially if the returner is getting doing so well, it can kind of spin out of control, really, for the serve and volley, or in this case, Loder and Troitsky, who you mentioned before, wasn't he? He just wasn't didn't have the experience like a Tipsarovich had, and he just got on a roll, and really, it was over. I think a, a lot sooner than a lot of us well, thought. Troitsky was a good. I mean, obviously, he was a good pick because he won, but he had played two really good sets. He was the best player on the court in the doubles for the first two sets. He, he sort of cooled off uh, in the last three sets when the French played better, but he was. Clearly playing well, and he you know he continued that. That's the best. That's the best anybody's seen the guy play. He was hitting the outside of lines. wasn't a whole lot Lodra could do. One thing it it showed me on a sort of neutral, not on a fast court, how hard it is to serve and volley against guys. Now I got just a guy like Troitsky with the two handed backhand. He's not in the top ten, but he just makes it makes it so tough to to play serve and volley. Tennis. Yeah, Troitsky was really the hero in this. But you know you got to look at the rock. That's Djokovic. You know it's kind of funny. Events overtook him a little bit and ran ran out ahead of him. Everyone you know this this was. The Djokovic moment. This was Novak's major in a sense, but the the way things worked out with the loss in the doubles and then the substitutions for the fifth fifth match, it kind of all overshadowed it. But let's face it, without Djokovic, he got his stress. That foundation stuff, was there. <laughs> oh yeah, he got the stress. Oh, he he doesn't miss an opportunity for yeah. that. Yeah. But you know, without him there as a rock solid foundation of the team, you know, cleaning out Monfils so quickly in that fourth match, I think it did the Serbs wonder. You know, I mean, you know, they, they really really helped them get their footing back. And I think, you know, the guys played great all year. You know, yeah, the guys was, really and, stepped up and showed up. What was impressive to me about that match, about Djokovic's matchup against Monfils, how smart it was. He didn't try for too much. He just sort of took over the middle of the court and forced Monfils to hit, you know, spectacular shots to win, which he wasn't going to do. You know, Djokovic, he played inspired, but he didn't overdo it. He played he a, with a himself, very, kind of. very smart match, and, a very, very good match. And both times, Serbia was down by a point when Djokovic was coming up. It, it, uh, so he saved them in the first Certainly, obviously, on Sunday he saved them from losing the whole the whole thing. But on Friday he saved them from going down 0-2, and which would have been disaster. Which would have been disaster. I guess if you if you figured the same thing, what the same thing happens on Saturday, then it would have been it could have been all France then. And uh, for Djokovic, you mentioned about all these new countries, the cup spreading all over the place. It's a this is a good an example of if you have one big player. Of course, you need role players and support, but. Djokovic gave the gave Serbia two out of three points, and mm-hmm. if a if a country can have a talent like him, it can kind of help them. Be uh, just, so, what are you leading to here? Who are you leading to? I'm looking. At, I'm thinking <laughs> at the past. Well, who's who hasn't? Uh, like you're Latvia, they, who's Federer. got the red and white flag with the little, little white cross on a red? Yeah. It, uh, it, it's it's true. Though, you, look I mean, back, you look back at the past few Davis Cup champions. I mean, I know Spain is, of course, has a, a ton of great players, but you have Nadal there, it, it, and then Roddick. The the top players on the tour in the last few Davis Cups, you've seen the biggest names represent their country pretty well, and I guess yeah, you get two wins with yeah. with a guy like Djokovic, and then you just put together a third one. What you're saying is, if you got Vavrinka winning one match, 
you know, per tie, Switzerland wins the Davis Cup. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of bummed out. You know, I've always, I've always felt that Federer should play more Davis Cup. He has played, he has played, you know, a fair number of matches. Actually, on the Serbia, though, do you I ever think, expect him to? No, I, I would think have at expected this stage, to. Yeah, two years ago, it's but too late at now. At this point, it doesn't seem like it. So I, don't, I think he's kind of written that. I'll follow. Maybe this will inspire him. But the guy he got a feel for with the Serbs, I thought, was Zimanjic. I mean, this guy's really, this guy's struggling with the Davis Cup thing. I mean, it's he's. Let's, let's talk about doubles for a minute. He's not here, really, yeah. you know. I mean, it, you know, it's a pity because the guy's like number one of the top three doubles players in the world. He's in fact, he'll be playing with Lodra next year. It was kind of a sweet touch when he went over and comforted Lodra after Lodra was on the sidelines, tears in his eyes mm-hmm. after he losing. And Troitsky, yeah, and uh, uh, Zimanjic went over. To, to comfort him, but uh, you know Zemanjic is really struggling with this Davis Cup thing. I mean, he's you know he he he's, was pretty lousy in his semis and he's pretty lousy in the finals. Thank God it's a team effort, and I think he feels great about being part of that winning team. But you know he's I, I think he's got this. You know the trouble with the, with some of these dedicated doubles teams is they have a little bit of a, there's a little bit of insecurity in the back there because everyone always says that you know if the be, you know they're, they're only the best doubles players because the top singles guys don't play doubles and so it's almost like he's got to go out and prove himself and and he kind of you know he tries and he overextends himself and he just just can't get the rhythm. It's always going to be tough when his he uh, he his natural doubles partner is doesn't come from his own country. That is a big thing. Unlike the French, where Clement and Lodre are. Guys who play on the tour, but they're also, you know, they're, they're also on the same Davis Cup team, right. and, and I, that kind of I think seeing their comeback, it does speak a little to Davis Cup the formation of the roster, where you debate whether it's worth taking a full-on doubles team to, and you have to, you have to mention just Clement and Lodra how they came back. I think it was the first time since '92 or something where a doubles team came back from '02 sets down and. I really? thought the interesting thing in the doubles was how Troitsky was so good in the first two sets, and Clement was was awful. And then Clement just came to life mm-hmm. in, in the last the last three sets. That's what doubles can give you. You've got four guys, so you've got a, different storylines within within those four guys. I thought that dynamic was interesting. The sort of secondary guys, how they how their roles played out, and how Clement really really turned around his his performance th- through that match. But it was really the only quality dramatic match of the of the weekend, even though it was a very dramatic. Sort of shows you what Davis Cup and team team tennis can do. You don't need in, incredibly good matches to have a dramatic to have a dramatic weekend. There was really only one all in straight quality sets match, that, yeah. right? and it shows yeah. you that genius of having, having that doubles on the middle day. You know, uh, you know, having that doubles become kind of what they call a swing match because basically, you know, unless somebody's going in up to love or down to love, you know, that doubles that doubles is critical because it's it just makes the whole next day. You know, uh, whoever you know if if. If whoever wins the doubles, if they go up to one, then you've suddenly got potential for real excitement and drama like we had this weekend. And it actually went all to the brink, obviously. It didn't look like it was going to happen. Then I took it to the brink. In fact, I had turned my TV off after after a couple of sets of the doubles. And the next day, I'm thinking, you know, Serbia's up to one. <laughs> and then Djokovic is playing. I'm thinking, oh, this is over. You know, he just won the first set that I hear the commentators say. No, wait Serbia's, wait, Serbia's, Serbia's going to be alive for a fifth rubber. I'm like, what? So, you know, it's, uh, and doubles is, it's a great showcase for the doubles game. I think you could argue that one of the reasons doubles has been kept alive to whatever degree it's still breathing is, is because of the Davis Cup and, and what happens in those Davis Cup ties. Brian Brothers has said that's the most important for. I mean, Wimbledon's the only one they play best of five sets for doubles, but they always have said that Davis Cup is their, you know, is their. Well, that's their. I'd be all end all for that. That's where they, yeah, they get that showcase. Yeah, exactly. This tennis.com podcast is brought to you by Head Utech Star Series, offering more power, more control, and more comfort to your tennis game. 
The UTEC Star Series is geared for players looking to add more power to their game and was developed with the help of tennis legends Andre Agassi and Stephanie Graff. Head to your local tennis store and check out the UTEC 6-star, 5-star, 4-star, and 3-star models to amplify your game. And for a limited time, purchase any head UTEC racket and receive a free backpack. Visit headpromo.com to find a store in your area. All right, so with this Davis Cup past us, we have a, another full full year's worth of events to kind of look back on and sort of revisit the question that kind of pops up each year is, what do you think about the Davis Cup really as a whole? Is it is it a format that it kind of lives on its own and does well for the, the weeks ahead, the weeks that it dominates the calendar, and otherwise it's kind of just an annoyance to other people? I think you get a pretty good, a feel-good feeling after what you saw Serbia here, the huge crowd, the player reaction. But is Davis Cup still in need of some revision going down the line or scrapping it for something altogether? This, was, this Davis Cup was a nightmare for the reform movement because basically, I mean, how do you watch this tie, right, and, and see what goes on out there in these two teams that are so dedicated, you know, and, and, and think, oh, yeah, the Davis Cup needs to be fixed, you know, like what's broken? Uh, so, you know, I think... You know, there's there is a movement afoot. Um, Mike Davies, Butch Buckholz are big on. I know Cliff Drysdale would love to see the, the thing change. Even Patrick McEnroe, the former U.S. captain, who's a real Davis Cup guy, he's also really thinking. He his beef is a little bit that it's it's a it becomes of just regional significance. You know, I noticed by the way that I have my news alerts set up on my BlackBerry, and anytime you know. You know, a baseball player gets a hangnail, the New York Times issues a news alert, but there was no news alert that Serbia wins the Davis Cup, you know, which, and I blame the media for that. I don't think, I don't think that's a competition's fault or anything else. I mean, you can put on the best show in town, and if nobody cares to cover it or, or be with it, you're not going to get any traction. But I mean, Book Holtz and his guys have a plan. What they want to do is have it based on a, a zonal, which is a regional concept of a couple of rounds. So these teams don't have to travel too far. It would be Asia, North America. And Europe, and then they would bring the four finalists together, probably at the defending champions' site, to do a four four team finals playoff at what at what amounts to usually it'll be a neutral site, and they're figuring all these people will bring their fans, like the French fans all showed up in Serbia. So I don't know that's the idea, but I I don't see why. You know, I mean, my my biggest the only reform that I see that would really be worth pursuing would be maybe doing it every other year. Uh, you know. To give it a little bit of a break because doing it every year is a little tough. The one that I, the one thing I could see now is is to give France and Serbia a buy. Yes, I agree with that because they're coming back in February or March, and and starting over. Um, but I agree. This you know when you come off a, a a weekend like this, it's hard to say Davis Cup needs to be fixed. And I've always thought that there's just more opportunity there with with team tennis if you could get put together something where Federer, Nadal, everybody plays. That would be that would be automatically a bigger media event than the Davis cup, but more and more I'm, I'm coming to think that it's, it's fine as it is, even if you don't get Federer involved and if Nadal sort of plays sometimes doesn't play other times. And, and if it's tough for these guys, you still get, you, you get to see these other players play basically like Wimbledon final level, um, prestige matches, basically Lodra and Troitsky were told on Sunday they were playing, the final match of the Davis Cup is kind of the equivalent of a Wimbledon final. Yeah, I mean, you do. Is, I mean, the rest, the other forty odd weeks of the year, that's what you see. Otherwise, is Federer, Nadal, and yeah. all the, and all the other players. It's like, do, do you really need to right. to have them kind of run the show at this event? So it's, yeah, as time goes on, the Davis Cup as it is seems to, I don't know, uh, 
it seems to make more sense to me. Because I guess the people who who really lament that those top top guys there, I think maybe for maybe seem to, I guess forget that this is a team event more. It's not, and when you and when you sort of cater the event to these top singles players, you may dilute the, really the team significance of it. So I, th- I think that's an issue. But and one other thing I really I really have always liked about the Davis Cup that it seems to do is it just gives it, it, it gives more exposure i think of tennis to a lot of nations in the world where you wouldn't necessarily have a, a, ter- a stage a tournament there on the pro tour or any tour really and you have not only your own nation's top players coming to various outposts around the around your country but an opposing side that you might not normally see there so i think it brings i think what the itf talks about the davis cup bringing tennis and helping out all the nations i think it does accomplish that well even if it may not translate to a you know a world it emphasizes like- it emphasizes the international aspect which is something i think people in the us just we struggle with that, and that's why the Davis Cup just goes under the radar. Here we've got Serbia and France. It's tough to generate interest here. And the idea is amended to grow the game. I mean, look, let's face it. If, if, if Egypt produces the next great talent, and you know that's not such a reach because look at what Morocco did with, with a couple of their players, Arazi and the other fellow, you know, a couple of years ago. So you know, Egypt produces you know potentially a Davis Cup competitor if they can get a doubles player in there somehow too and stuff. And that, you know, it does wonders for the game. Let's, the mandate of the ITF is to grow the game. It's a mandate of the USTA too, and I think. I think you ignore that at your peril. If you just focus on let's make this the biggest media event that we can and let's get you know the most attention and let's get national TV and all, and all nations, you, you're kind of missing a point because this is supposed to be a, you know, a world-gathering thing. I had, I had a, uh, an epiphany over the weekend where I, I think the only thing wrong with Davis Cup is the name. Because it's it's kind of outlived its name, you know. Davis Cup is a very you know it's 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 a little esoteric and it's certainly very Anglo, and I think, ironically, it's the rest of the world, the non-Anglo world, that really cherishes it so much now. It seems when you look at these results and and these and these ties and how many people they attract. But I think if they, you know, it doesn't. What it doesn't do, Davis Cup does not scream out World Tennis Championships, World International Team Tennis Championships, and you know that kind of you know psychologically, I think, reduces the impact a little bit. So all they got to do is change a name and leave everything else. It's not, right. And give That's buys, it. give buys to the to the finalists. If it's I, not the BNP Paribas Cup, then I, yeah. I can deal <laughs> there with you that, go. Okay, the, the universal. Yeah, that would not differentiate it from anything <laughs> no, right now. Not at all. All right. Well, we'll be back next week with another podcast. Until then, and you can always, of course, send your questions. Uh, we'll probably be tackling some of those this month with uh, the tournaments wrapped up. Send us to podcast at tennis And Pete, Steve, and I will take your questions soon enough. Thanks again for listening. This Tennis.com podcast was brought to you by the Head Utech Star Series, offering more power, more control, and more comfort to your tennis game. Head, the power of you. For more news and information, head over to Tennis.com. Thanks for listening.